Welcome in. This is Punchlines Live at South Point Casino. I'm Alex White, filling in for Frank Nicotero. I'll be here today, tomorrow, and Thursday. Frank is in New Orleans. We'll check in with him, though. We'll have him on the show either tomorrow or Thursday. It's going to be a fun one. We've got a packed show for you. I've got a lot of help in here. Of course, we have David, Ann, and Matt behind the scenes making this happen. And then we've got Ryan McCormick, the usual producer for Punchlines. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Very good. Thank you. <laughs> And then I had to bring in the reinforcement professional sports better, former odds maker for the Las Vegas line for over 30 years. And of course, my father, Kenny White in studio. Hey, Alex. Uh, good afternoon. We've been uh, planning this for a long time. Should be a lot of fun. I'm yep. very excited. Looking forward to it. Well, Frank does a lot of fun things on this show. You know, it's called Punchlines. I'm not planning on bringing the joke. So if you have your one liners, we'll leave that to you. But he does do something. So it's the 27th episode. So we're going to look at some current and former players who have worn the number 27. My first show with Frank was on the 13th. So okay. I don't know if it was the 13th episode, but it was on the 13th. I think it was a Friday the 13th. So he was all about the number 13 that day. And boy, he had some numbers. Yes, he does a great job. And we will get to something that happened November 14th to kind of throw in both of his. But let's look at our graphic for 27s right here. Of course, Mike Trout makes the list at the top. Yeah, the best baseball players ever. I, I was, I, when I looked the list up yesterday, because I was thinking about, you know, Frank's uh, every day coming out with that number and 27, what are you going to find in 27? Well, the first thing I found was um, great musicians that died at the age of 27. I said, well, let's pass that. Let's move on to something else. Um, and I found sports numbers. And when Mike Trout came up, I thought we're on the right track. Eight time all-star, one of the best players who's ever played the game. And it's a shame that he's uh been in L.A. for this long. We don't want to waste his prime. Even when they got the best MLB player to help him try and win, we still haven't gotten there. Okay, but let's move on. We've got a hockey player on the list. We've got Scott Niedermeyer. He is a four-time Stanley Cup winner, played 18 seasons, over 1,000 games for the New Jersey Devils, and now he is currently an assistant coach for the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, I can uh, remember him playing in New Jersey, but... Uh... Um, that was kind of back in the day. I didn't wasn't betting hockey, so I didn't follow it as close, but he was a big name in New Jersey. But you have a big story about one of these baseball players on the list. Yeah, no, there's so many good numbers and so many players, stars that were 27. Jose Altuve, we're talking about uh, just, uh, you know, World Series champ. But Juan Marichal is one that comes to mind for me because uh, I can remember back in the day that uh, when your grandfather moved to town and took a job at the Del Mar Sportsbook, um, in North Las Vegas. And I used to go in the summertime with him on the weekends. And I can remember them telling stories about the very first baseball total that was ever put on the board to take bets. Bill dark was the owner of the book and all the, everybody that was sitting, uh, in the sports book was talking about the big pitching matchup that night, Sandy Koufax and Juan Marichal giants versus Dodgers, huge rivalry game. Um, and they're all saying it's going to be three to two. It's going to be four to one. It's going to be one, nothing, two to one. And Bill Dark's listening to all of this and he's kind of taking it in, in stride and he's saying, you know what, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put the total runs up on the board. And he put it up on the board. He put it up four and a half and said, you guys can bet it under or over if you want. And most people bet the game under, I believe the final score was three to two and it went over by a half a run. I love that. Chris Andrews is probably watching this show and probably laughing about that story. Remembers it very well. We've got two NBA players on there on the list as well. Yeah, the uh, NBA guys that you have, uh, Rudy Gobert, yep. kind of one that uh, when I think of Rudy Gobert, I think about uh, COVID-19, that he was the first guy that came out and kind of mocked it and was wiping up everybody's cell phones or the, all the stuff on, the, on, the, on his uh, dais there that he was giving his press conference. And then he was the first player 
to get COVID-19 in the NBA. I think about he's married to a very uh, famous actress, but he's played 11 seasons in the NBA, right? Nine he, with the Utah Jazz, and now he's yeah. a, with the Timberwolves. Great defensive player. But in the last two years, you know, I could be off subject. Rudy Gobert and, and Towns, I don't think mix real well together. I think one of those needs to go, but I shouldn't say that because this year they're actually the number one defensive team in the NBA. Gobert's playing much better defense. Very good. Well, we'll get to more NBA later, but one more Jamal Murray is on that list, and he oh, helped bring the first championship to Denver. What a great player. Uh, just watching him a couple years ago uh, before he injured his knee. Glad to see he got back last year to 100%, and if he wasn't, I don't think Denver wins an NBA championship, even though they got the best player in the world <laughs> in uh, Jokovic, but uh, Murray, uh, that's a great one-two punch, um, and he's out right now, Murray, uh, out of the lineup, but uh, so that's one thing you got to pay attention to. Little hamstring strain, I believe. Okay, so now we're going to get into some college football. We'll be talking a lot of college football for the next 30 minutes. We have our first guest with us to show it, Sammy P. We'll get him in here in a little bit, but first I want to talk to you about some takeaways from you from this past weekend with college football. And I have to just say, college football has not disappointed this year. It has been a very exciting year. I think the main story for me is how good the Pac-12 has been and how exciting those games have been to watch. Um, it's a shame that we won't have them next year. But I know you had a lot of games that you were looking at, some letdowns, some teams that have overachieved, and maybe we're going to look out for letdowns for them coming up. But Oklahoma State sure comes to mind for me. I mean, they were playing so good ever since – that win on that Friday night over Kansas State, they won four in a row. Kansas coming the next week, and then they lose to Central Florida this past week. Not even lose. They they got crushed by them. Yeah, you know, and uh, I kind of came up with this because you know, want to try to keep it fun. You know, it's Frank's show. It's a comedy yeah. show. But um, it's all about sports betting as well. And, and to me, being a professional handicapper and betting these games every single day, you're looking at motivation, and and you, you see teams with ups and downs. and. I'm, I'm amazed how big of differences there's been from one week to the next for some teams. And Oklahoma State is one, uh, beating Oklahoma 27-24. Uh, to my numbers, they were 11.5 points better than the betting number. My number, and then the following week, they, they go to Central Florida, and they lose 45-3. to They were 38.5 points, the worst of my number. So it was a 50-point turnaround from their power rating oh. from one week to the next. It's almost impossible to make money betting when teams are that inconsistent. So you got to try to figure that into your handicapping some way, somehow. Is there any other ones that you were looking at that you well, want to touch on? Tennessee was a big one. They they won fifty nine to three. That was against Connecticut, and then they come up with you know a really horrible loss to Missouri, thirty six to seven. But they did have George on deck, and previous year they laid sixty six points on Missouri. Right. So I knew the Tigers were really looking ahead to that game. So. You know, how do we use that in our handicap for the following week? Well, let's take a look at Missouri after that major win over Tennessee. They do play Florida next and then at Arkansas, but they have eight wins now, and that was the game they had circled on their calendar. I got a feeling they could have a letdown this week against Florida. I don't like to hear that. I really like this Missouri team. I, I feel like I've been backing them quite a bit this year. Um, but, yeah, we'll definitely have to have to look at that. Any other ones you want to get to before we bring Sammy P in? Yeah, you know, the list I said, just, we'll look ahead to this week. I made a yes. list of 12 teams, you know, last week that had those ups and downs. But Auburn is one uh, coming off a big win over Arkansas, 48-10. to 10. They clinched a bowl game. They play New Mexico State this weekend and Alabama next. There is no way they're going to be looking at this New Mexico State team. 
uh, which is very well coached by Jerry Kill. So um, I think New Mexico State's in the game. I think Auburn has a major letdown going into this game and a major look ahead uh, to the Crimson Tide. Uh, Central Florida, we just mentioned, beat Oklahoma State. Um, they're one in four ATS on the road. They're going to Texas Tech to play the the Red Raiders. Very difficult travel spot. So I think Central Florida could have a uh, a very tough time this week. They need one more win for bowl eligibility. They have two games left. Hawaii has off two big wins, both at home. Now they travel to Wyoming, who's off a loss. That's another spot. Um, and then uh, on the other side, looking for you know response to a bad loss. Um, Air Force has been back-to-back losses, and now they play UNLV this weekend for basically the conference championship. And, and Air Force's second loss to Hawaii was the bubble burst theory. They were undefeated going into the Army game, big yeah. rivalry. They lose 23-3. to and then, uh, you know, they just, they didn't show up last week versus Hawaii. They will show up against UNLV. It's going to be a great game this weekend. See, and I thought that line was just right. But Matt mentioned before we even came on the show that their quarterback might be out, which is a great lead in for Sammy P because he has been tracking all of these college football quarterbacks. He has a long list, longer than I was expecting <laughs> for us to kind of go through. And that's important too, to look here. Cause otherwise, yeah, I've, you know, I'm rooting for the Rebels. I want them to get to this Mountain West Conference game, but I thought that was going to be tough for them. Air Force coming off two losses. They they needed to bounce back here. Yeah, their quarterback, Larry, is a really good passer, and that's, you know, they don't pass a lot, though. They still run 90% of the time. Um, so they do have some backup quarterbacks. It's not a huge drop-off from Larry to their okay. backup. So they're going to they're gonna be able to run. UNLV is going to have to stay assignment defense and be ready for that spread option. If they can't stop it, then they're going to be in trouble. Air Force will run you up, and Air Force has got a great defense. It's going to be a great game, uh, both five and one in the conference. Sammy P, he's my uh, he's my quarterback injury guy. He he tells me the the status of these guys, and then I give him the uh, the uh, point value of those players, and then we we go in and bet these games together. Sounds like a great team. Let's bring him in. He is the betting analyst at Nesson. Sammy P, how are you doing? Wait, we got to turn on our radios. quarterback sheet this week which is alarming at this point in time i'm sure we'll get to some of them but uh, it's an honor to be here with both of you you know about five years ago we were all sitting in that studio at the same time i'm still in my same seat i'm the only one you're <laughs> alex has your seat now sammy the green zone <laughs> sammy how are you go ahead and give um a little history about what you've done i know you've been in this industry for a long time bounced around a little bit but tell us and our our listeners Sure. So I left Chicago to take a job uh, at VEASAN in 2018, and they were looking for more hosts because they were looking to expand their network. And they said, look, we think you're good on the air. We don't know how much gambling you know. Come do like three months and we'll see how it goes. And uh, I got off the plane on a Sunday in Vegas at like 10 o'clock in the morning, flew from Chicago, get off the plane. The cab line and then McCarran was like three million people deep. So I had to cut the line to get in a cab to race to South Point and host with Kenny White. That was the first shift I ever did. And he's like, hey, kid, make these lines. And I, I don't know what a line-making thing is. Like He's like, "Here, just look, we're going to make these baseball lines. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Let's make these baseball lines. So I was thrown right into the meat right away. We're making the sausage together. And I think I sort of had a pretty good teacher at the time. But, yeah, I spent you know, two years in Vegas. Uh, running around with bookmakers and bettors, and then moved out here to Boston. Uh, as we all know, sports betting is very, very popular. It's in 
35 states or more uh, as we look at the watch and look at the calendar on November 14th. So it's been a, a whirlwind. I can't possibly summarize it in even two minutes for that matter, but it's been it's been all betting all the time for the last five years, Alex. Yeah, I say I'm a, a Northeast sports books now. Um, brick, a lot of brick and mortars, or most of it is is it being done on the apps? So we have 99% of the handle on the apps. Um, DraftKings and FanDuel still don't have brick and mortars in Massachusetts. We only have three, uh, one of which is now the ESPN bet that used to be Penn. Uh, the win is also here. And then uh, in Springfield, which is about two hours west of me, is the MGM joint. But 99%, I repeat, 99% of the bets in Massachusetts are on the phone. And, and that's the way of the world. I mean, we're on this damn thing all day. I am on this stupid phone more than I care to admit. Yeah, we can't get it. Can't live without it. That's for sure. What about the other states in the Northeast? Are there? I mean, I feel like we're here. This is the, a beautiful sports book, and and people love to come and watch the games at, at a place where you can make bets at. So I understand the convenience of the apps, but I still think brick and mortars are going to be very popular in the Northeast. Yeah, Connecticut has two of the biggest ones: Foxwoods and Mohegan. Uh, those are all going to be there. And I think, as we all know, you know, being in a sports book for a big event, whether it be March Madness or the NFL playoffs or the Super Bowl, that will always be there. I mean, we will always, as gamblers, want to go to these behemoth places to hang out with our friends, have some cocktails, eat some good food, enjoy the company, and fire on games. But, um, you know, really, it's it's come down to a place where if I can be in my pajamas on my couch – I can just bet here. And and now the, the best part about the mobile side is you can fund it. Remember, we never were able to fund it on the phone. You had to physically go to a brick and mortar place, but they finally waived all that. And you can literally fund and play from your couch. And I think that's really the next generation of, of how we operate as a sports betting ecosystem. But there are always going to be places like the South Point, like the Westgate, places like that where we all want to be together and we want to be rooting or sweating together. What's your uh, most profitable profitable sport to bet on? Before I met you, it was college basketball. Now it's college football because I, I understand uh, the importance of not only quarterback one, but the drop to quarterback two. And, you know, a perfect example is a game that you two were just talking about. That's the Auburn and New Mexico State game. I understand the letdown spot for Auburn because you just played a big game. Then you got another big game on deck. But New Mexico State, it's sounding like Pavia, their first quarterback, is probably not going to play. And he is basically everything for that offense. You also have to consider that they are in the Conference USA Championship game, no matter what. So there may not be an incentive for Auburn to run it up, but we may have the Auburn number twos against the New Mexico State number twos. And that is sort of an impossible calculation because while Auburn – wants to win, obviously, and, and stay healthy for the next opponent, New Mexico State might not play anybody of value. And I promise you both, there are not a lot of four- and five-star recruits at New Mexico State. So it starts with the quarterback, Pavia, who is questionable on being told on a Tuesday. If he doesn't play, that is just the tip of the iceberg for a team that doesn't, doesn't really need to be here at all. Um, I see your numbers, Kenny. You got 38-14. to 14. What do you make it if Pavia doesn't go and all of these great players in New Mexico State don't play? It's a totally different conversation. We're not just talking about the quarterback. We're talking about any of the good players because they just need to get healthy for their conference championship game. 
Yeah, it's hard for these coaches, though, to, to, to pass up maybe a victory over Auburn on the road. I, I The starters will start. Uh, very rarely have ever seen anybody, you know, take their starters out or not start their guys. So I, I think New Mexico State's going to come into this game looking to win it. But your right big point is is uh, Diego Pavia, and he's going to be at least four and a half to five points drop off. And my 38-14 number, again, in my power rating stuff, it's all numbers and and an equation in sports betting is 80% math, 20% science. My letdown in this game is probably worth almost a touchdown uh, for this game. So I feel like this game should be priced more in the 17 range. Uh, right now it is it is at Auburn 24 right now. So I still like New Mexico State. Uh, their starting quarterback doesn't play Sammy. You're right. I'll just pass and just have to watch it. Sam, how do you go about what's your strategy? Because right now I'm kind of in the mix of trying to jump in early, trying to get that good opening line value, but then waiting a little bit because of these questionable quarterbacks and trying to see until we know definitely if they're going to play. Yeah, it's it's really a question that's almost impossible to answer, Alex. It's a great question, but you sort of have to anticipate not only the status of said quarterbacks. And again, I sent you guys a list of 25, 26 freaking guys at quarterback, including three quarterbacks at UCLA. You know, we're talking about, you know, Garbers with an ankle injury. Schley took a hit at the end of the last game. I don't know if he's going to play. And then there are rumors that Dante Moore doesn't because he might be looking to transfer out of UCLA. The Bruins could be quarterback four. The conversation is... No guards can play because it's quarterback one. So really, it's it's sort of a halfway number between quarterback one and quarterback four, and you're trying to dig around these campuses and what's right. And you know, currently the Bruins are like a seven point dog at multiple shops. If Garbers is, in, yeah, I'm with you. You want to take the seven right now? If you take seven now and Garbers ruled out and any white playing ten or 11. So you're, it's a very tough question. I guess you're, you're going with your gut to try and understand who's going to play and who's going to be available, but you can get burned sometimes when you play the guessing game. So looking at um, Kansas, I know you had Jason Bean on your list, who is already the, the backup quarterback for Kansas. Now they play their in-state rivals, Kansas State, getting eight and a half. What do you think the chances are that Bean is going to play this weekend? I would say 70-30 that he's out at this point in time. Now, I was actually told on Sunday that Bean's not looking too hot. And again, guys play on Saturday. They get banged up. Of course, 24 hours later, they're not going to be ready to go. So we're going to give this time. I mean, clearly he got his bell rung. It's a concussion. And, And with college, it's not like the NFL, where the NFL gives you the injury report every day. Like you get the list on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You can sort of track this stuff. Well, these college coaches don't have to say jack. So you're basically like watching the play in slow motion on Twitter over and over and over again to see the severity of the hit. And he took a good lick. Um, we did see this game get blasted, too, on Monday. You know, it was seven, basically painted seven everywhere. Um, we, we know Daniels is not going to play probably again this season. So let's forget about him. If Bean doesn't go, it's quarterback three. And I think some of those whispers got out. Obviously, coaches talk, boosters talk. Uh, things come out on social, things come out in the papers. So I, I think to answer your question, I think it's 70-30 that Jason Bean doesn't go. And then Kansas is a home dog 
I, I don't know, Kenny. What is does it? I don't know if it gets to ten, but it's not going to be eight and a half if Bean gets ruled out. No, you're right. It's going to go up. I, you know, they dropped a Cole Ballard, a freshman. Uh, I have a four and a half point drop off uh, from Bean to Ballard, uh, and, and I thought this game should have been about seven. So I think it'll get to ten, ten and a half in that range. The other big ones, you know, the one big one that you have on your list, I think, is Coastal Carolina and Guest. Because uh, they're already out with their best quarterback, McCall. And there was a seven-point drop-off from McCall to Guest, and they still won without him. But now there's another four-point drop-off from Guest to the third-string quarterback. So that'll be something really to pay close attention to uh, with Coastal Carolina. Really good football team. The other one, you got Duke, second. Uh, Leonard, questionable. He's another five-point quarterback uh, for Duke. Uh, Miami of Florida, Williams. He's the second string guy dropping off from Van Dyke because Van Dyke has just beat up shoulder, back, knee. Uh, he's got every injury in the book. Van Dyke does, and he's just not healthy. And they lose Williams to an arm injury. Um, I don't like to see injuries, but I bet Louisville this week because they're playing for the AC to get into the ACC championship game. And um, I thought without Van Dyke, uh, Louisville looks like they're in a good spot. Um, any other games that you're looking at, Sammy? Yeah, I think that well, obviously the UCLA situation is is massive as we've already discussed. I mean, it could be quarterback one or two, it could be quarterback four, and we're going to have to obviously work behind the scenes to figure that out. I think Ole Miss is interesting. That's three ninety two. Jackson Dart took a big shot at the end of that game, and it it looks like it, you know his head got sandwiched between two two hundred and seventy pound linemen. <laughs> I, that's not exactly ideal. So we'll monitor that one. Uh, you know. Ole Miss, unfortunately, is a 37-point favorite against Monroe. Probably not going to matter this week so much as it will down the road. But that one, to me, is big. We mentioned Pavia. Uh, you two already mentioned that Larrier is out at Air Force, likely. And then I think the other one is uh, 355. That's Rice quarterback JT Daniels, who did not play last week. You know, it's it's one thing to have a quarterback injury with a game lined at 27 or 34 or whatever. But if you look at Rice and Charlotte, I mean, Rice opens up one and a half in Vegas. Now we're two and a half, three. I've got Daniels. I mean, honestly, I have a big fat question mark because he's in concussion protocol. But if he plays and thinks he's going to play, you know, when, when Rice goes from one and a half to two and a half, three, clearly there's some support from somebody somewhere that thinks that maybe Daniels can go. And he is a, a much better quarterback than anybody in that room. So I would say you're dead on with Duke. Um, we'll look to New Mexico State, see about Pavia. But if Daniels can play at Rice, I like Rice a whole lot more against Charlotte if he's in the lineup. Let's talk about the Heisman race right now. You said it was a four-horse race. I circled three. So I have between Bo Nix, who is the favorite right now, Jaden Daniels for LSU, four to one. Michael Penix, of course, he was the favorite most of the season, plus 280. Who's your fourth one on that list? I'm a little biased. You're right. You caught me. I have Marvin Harrison at 25 to one. Okay. Now, that's probably going to be a nice coaster uh, when they hand the Heisman out in a, in a couple weeks or so. I, I have two tickets. I have Penix at 15 to two and Harrison at 25 to one. And I'm fully expecting them both to not win. Um, it really, to me, comes down to the Pac-12 rematch. It looks like we're going to have, barring some miraculous upsets over the next couple of weeks, we're going to probably have Oregon and Washington again in the Pac-12 title game. And I, to me, it's the winner of that game. Whichever quarterback balls out more in that game between Pax and Knicks, 
is going to be Heisman winner. Um, Jaden Daniels putting up big numbers, but he's on a three-loss team that doesn't play any defense. I, I think it's sort of the stats are misleading because, you know, LSU is just up and down the field every single game. They're one of the best over teams in the country, and that benefits the stats, but it doesn't mean he's the best player or the most important player. You know, LSU is probably still a four or five loss team without Daniels. So to go from four or five to three losses to me is not that big of a deal. You take Penix off Washington, you take Knicks off Oregon, those teams have multiple losses. Washington might have three losses without Michael Penix. To me, he's the most valuable, uh, but it will come down to, I think, the Pac-12, Knicks and uh, Penix in the rematch here, unless... Unless, Alex and Kenny, we get like 200 yards and three touchdowns for Marvin Harrison against Michigan. That could complicate things, but it's likely one of those two gunslingers out west. Yeah, you know it's a quarterback league, and uh, it's going to be tough, but you're right. If Marvin Harrison does go off, and he's been playing great football, obviously the best wide receiver in college. Um, I like Michael Penix Jr. I I think that he ends up winning this award, but um, you're right. It does come down to that championship game. And I actually have Oregon rated one point better. I thought Oregon outplayed Washington in game one. So I kind of would have to flip-flop maybe and say if Oregon wins that game, um, it's all going to come down to the team. And I think it comes should come down to the best player. But Bo Nix would end up winning the Heisman if Oregon beats Washington. But then I will go back and say that LSU, you're right, their best over team in football. Best over team in history, they're 10-0 and to the over. I think Jaden Daniels may be the best pro prospect out of those three quarterbacks, though. I don't hate that argument. I just feel like if you take him off that team and you put Nussmeyer in there, obviously they're not as explosive. But LSU to me is sort of fake good. You know, this was supposed to be a national title contender. Remember, they come into the season, play Florida State, and this is Brian Kelly's best team ever, and they get dump trucked in the first game. And it's just it's been sort of a climb uphill for them ever since. I think the kid is very, very good at quarterback. But to me, you take him off that team – it's it's not like that big of a drop off because they still have all kind of talent. Uh, you know they have pretty good receivers. They have a good offensive line. They have good coaches as well. Uh, obviously they get good players in there in Baton Rouge. So I think Daniels is great, but I, I don't think he's the highest winner. And we're not going to see some high profile games either. Like the next game they play, North Dakota State, South East West North. You know like they play nobody next week, and then they play Texas A and M, who just fired Jimbo. Those aren't high profile games like we'll see Oregon and Washington play, and like we'll see Ohio State play. Two-part question for you, Sammy. Um, who do you want to see in the playoffs here? Which four teams, and then which four do you think are going to get in ultimately? I'd love to see Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC championship, Alex. I really would because it would throw such a wrench. Can you imagine if, let, let's say, Ohio State beats Michigan and then Alabama beats Georgia? What do you do? Because then you have Michigan, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, and Washington potentially all with one loss. You have Texas with one loss. You have undefeated Florida State, and you got to get to four. Good luck. Um, I think I'd like to see. I'd like to see Michigan and Oregon in the championship. Uh, Kenny, I know I, I get your ratings and I appreciate reading them every week. I know you've got Michigan one, and then Oregon right behind them on the two line. I think that would be a fantastic championship game. It would be maybe the most diverse offense against a stingy, physical, fierce defense. I think the game is basically a pick 'em. And I, I will say, like, when I look at these odds, 
you know, Michigan two to one, Georgia five to two, Alabama six, seven to one. I can get Oregon at nine to one. Now they obviously have to beat Washington, but if Oregon gets into the playoff, nobody wants to see that quarterback, that offense. Dan Lanning, I think, is a really good coach. I think of all the bets to be made, Oregon at nine to one to me is probably the one I would make right now. There are a lot of people that are flaunting tickets that they have or, or bets that they placed two months ago. But right now, if you gave me a hundred bucks, I would look at Oregon at nine to one to win the whole thing, given the number and most importantly, the power rating. I mean, I'm talking to the whites here. I got to talk power ratings. You got to bet Oregon at nine to one more than anybody else. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I'm going to roll over parlay that as well, take Oregon against Washington in that game, and then if they win and they do get the national championship, they got to win two games, and that rollover parlay could pay closer to 10 or 12 to 1 in that range. So I'm going to take the 9 to 1. Um, or, or I already have bet Oregon uh, and have several tickets on Oregon right now um, for the convenience, but I'll definitely have rollover parlays with them in that situation. And the, though I'm looking at these games and these teams, where we could be, I have a feeling what you said is right. If we can get um, one upset here um, or two, we may only have one undefeated team, and we may have 11 teams with one loss. That's how crazy. Good luck. That's how crazy it, that's how crazy it could be. This would have been the perfect year for the 16-team playoff. Sam, thank you so much yeah, for your I still time. can't wait. I can't. I'm sorry. I know you're you're kicking me out here, no, but I, okay. I can't wait to lay the points with the one against the 16. I can't. When they go to 16, how much are we laying on the one? The one is going to roll the 16. We all know oh, that, yeah. right? Yeah, that's a you're, okay. you're three at least a three to four touchdown difference between those teams at that point, and you know they run scores up. So yeah, that's going to be a big, big, actually a very big spread. Hey, thank you so much. We enjoyed talking with you. Good to see you, Sam. Hey, you guys are great. You guys have good chemistry. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy P, betting analyst at Nesson. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about some more futures with college football and NFL. We'll get into NBA, NHL. We've got a lot more for you. Don't go anywhere. This is Punchlines. South Point is also proud to provide a variety of relaxing amenities for the guests who want to be pampered. Soak up the sun and let your stress melt away in our lagoon-style paradise swimming pool. A relaxing getaway where you can bask in the desert sun and enjoy seasonal food and bar service poolside. And if you really want to escape, come to Spa Costa del Sur. From couple suites to a co-ed wet area, our spa caters to business and leisure travelers who want to unwind and elevate their senses. A visit to one of our spa's steam, sauna, or whirlpool treatment rooms will leave any guest feeling like they can take on the world. Our gaming amenities include over 60 table games and over 2,600 of the most popular slot and video poker machines. We have penny slots, including the popular Buffalo games and real machines like Wheel of Fortune, Triple Sevens, and Megabucks. If you prefer video poker, try Deuces Wild, Double Double Bonus, or a variety of multi-denomination games. Or try your hand at one of the most popular casino table games in the world, Blackjack. Don't let the game intimidate you. Blackjack, also known as 21, is both easy and fun. 
and our dealers are always happy to assist. And the best part, Blackjack always pays three to two. Next, check out the roulette tables. Roulette is one of the easiest casino games to learn and so much fun to play. It's a favorite of both beginners and seasoned players. In addition to blackjack and roulette, our casino pit features over 60 popular table games like Baccarat, Pie Gal Poker, Three Card Poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Mississippi Stud. So get out of your room and come join in the fun. Welcome back, everybody. This is Punchlines Live at South Point Casino. I'm Alex White here with Kenny White. We're going to jump right back into some futures. That was a great conversation with Sammy P. Appreciate him coming on to talk college football with us. Um, before we get into that, can we talk a little bit about the NFL game last night? Now, I know you would be disappointed in me. I've been laying a little bit too much chalk in the NFL, and I know it. And I picked Buffalo for a contest pick, said it on the show yesterday. Jeff was Jeff was right. He's like, you got to take the points with the Broncos here. And watching that game, I'm sitting there thinking, they're in this game. Why wouldn't you take eight points with them? Is this is this panic time for Buffalo? Um, they have a very tough schedule coming up to finish. I, they Let me just tell you, they host the Jets. They go to Philadelphia. They have a bye week. But then they're in Kansas City. They host the Cowboys. Go to the Chargers, who are looking pretty good as of late. Have the Patriots again, and then go to Miami. They're five and five right now. Do you think the Bills are going to make the playoffs? As of right now, Alex, I don't. I don't think they will. I think they're they're uh, in a really difficult spot. They are struggling to. Um, they're struggling on offense. They're struggling on defense too. They got a lot of injuries on the defensive side. Um, the Bronco team continues to get better week in and week out. We won't take anything away from them, but. Right now, uh, looking at my standings, I have Buffalo a game and a half behind the Miami Dolphins at the end of the year, 10 and 10.3 wins to 8.8 wins. So I got Buffalo at 8.8 wins um, at 8.8. Um, they're right there, really looking in the looking out of the playoffs, looking in. So we there was some news today. They did fire their offensive coordinator. Their quarterbacks coach is going to be the interim OC. We'll see if that works for them. You can tell there is a lot going on there, though. I was shocked. So James Cook had a fumble early on in the game, but if you watch it, it's a stripped fumble, and they still benched him for at least a quarter. So, I mean, besides that, they had a ton of turnovers. Josh Allen had two more interceptions, which is just... One wasn't his fault. I, I almost One was off the fingertips of a uh, wide receiver and then and then intercepted, so... One definitely wasn't his fault, but it, it's a team that maybe they just needed a change. Ken Dorsey just wasn't getting it done. They put up this graphic right here. We saw um, Diggs' brother. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs. There we go. Trayvon Diggs. He wrote on there. His first we get tweet 14 was, man, 14, got to get up out of there. Thank you, brother. And then this morning, he said, let's not forget Josh Allen is he. He didn't start going off until bro got there. So. so little drama a lot in Buffalo, of drama. but well, when you lose, that's what happens. So, right. um, they just have to put it together. Uh, you know, looking at, at playoff odds and, and Super Bowl odds, you know, where they're at right now, 30 to one, they opened nine to one uh, to win the Super Bowl, and they're 30 to one now. So, you know, I always, we always talk about buy low and sell high. It is like the stock market. That's what futures are all about. Um, if you believe in Buffalo and you think they're going to make a run, 30 to one's a great price because they are still a good team. They need to get healthy on defense. So I, 
I'm not as worried as much about the offense. I, I think that'll turn around. It's the defense I'm worried about. There's just too many injuries. So looking at that sheet right now, is there any teams that you're looking at to to get a futures ticket on? Yeah, I, I bought a couple last night. You know, I took took some uh, one. I feel like I got a bad number, but I still feel like I got a good number. Uh, Houston Texans. Um, they were 200 to one to begin the year. Obviously, 70 to one right now. Uh, they they're playing really good football, and I think they have a chance uh, to catch Jacksonville and win the South. They could be they could be the division winners. It's going to be close. Um, I have them within one game of each other at this point. Um, the other one in the NFC is the uh, New Orleans Saints at 70 to one. I think they win the NFC South. They'll be a division winner. Anything can happen. I, I think I think the 49ers, the Chiefs, and the Eagles are the three best teams in the game right now. But this is the NFL. Expect the unexpected. It wouldn't shock me if the Saints got to the championship game against one of those great teams. That that division is very interesting to me. And Jeff and I kind of talked about it yesterday. It's like, who wants it? Do any of you want it? Between the Saints, the Bucks, the Falcons, and then the Panthers are obviously struggling with Bryce Young there. But the other three have so much talent. They've gone through their streaks. You know, we saw the Bucks come out really hot from the beginning of the season. They got another good win on Sunday, but the Falcons and the Saints have so much talent on those two teams, and both of them have just struggled. I think the Saints have the best, the most talent of, of, of those four teams. Defensively, they're the best of those teams. Tampa Bay's defense is very, very good, but offensively, they have problems. 80-1 uh, to is a nice price, though. For a team who, yep. who right now I only have them uh, about a game and a half behind the Saints right now projecting projecting the Saints to win nine games go nine and eight and that's why at seventy to one though um, I, I think that's a really good price. The other team I am worried about Deshaun Watson. I don't know if Deshaun Watson was a hundred percent. The Browns at twenty five to one are a really good bet. Because right now I have them winning almost as many games as Baltimore. I'm winning the third highest amount of games in the NFL. I have the Browns winning more games than San Francisco right now. Um, that's how good I think the Browns could be, 11 and a half wins. But that is with a 100% Deshaun Watson. He's a big difference maker. He could be a two-game loss. They could win nine games if, if he wasn't healthy. What about the Minnesota Vikings? How many wins do you have for them now with their new quarterback, Joshua Dobbs, stepping in for Kirk Cousins? Nine wins is right where I have uh, uh, the Minnesota Vikings with uh, Dobbs. And um, that's, you know, a really weak division, uh, except for the Detroit Lions. Lions are a team I looked at, too. 22-1 to one to begin the year. A big a team that everyone loves. I was not as high. And we'll, I'll say it. I thought their defense was well below average, but they play so hard for Dan Campbell. I knew the offense was going to be great. And I told you at the beginning of the year, best over team in football would be the Detroit Lions. They would score a ton of points. This weekend is what I expected almost every Detroit Lion game to be like, but they play so well. They're, they're going to win that division easily by three to four games over Minnesota at 12 to one. Remember, they were 22 to one to begin the year at 12 to one. Um, they could have the second most wins or third most wins in the NFL by the time the season's over. And their defense is much improved yes, from last year. Improved. That's why they are no longer in yeah, over they're better defense than I thought. Yes. Well, a lot of time left. We do have a very interesting matchup. We'll get into it because we'll be back, both of us, tomorrow and Thursday. So we have the Bengals at Baltimore on Thursday night. Finally, we have a great Thursday night football game and a great Monday one to kind of bookmark. What is it? 
bookings. So bookend. The, bookend. The bookends. Yeah, of, bookends of, of the weekend. Of the weekend, yes. Um, any thoughts right now on that Bengals-Ravens matchup? That's a, It's important, right? I mean, both of them coming off a loss, and now the Bengals lose to the Texans, so... Yeah, it's extremely important uh, for, for for both teams. Uh, I still um, have Baltimore rated very, very high. I, I, I think this is a, a blowout game. Like you just said, you you know, you don't want to lay a lot of points in the NFL. Um, but four is not that big of a number for a really good team. And it's actually three and a half everywhere. Uh, three and a half is basically the market. I do see a four in a couple of spots. I like Baltimore in this game. I think they're the, the far better team. You know, before the year started, you really liked, loved Baltimore. I don't remember you telling me you love Baltimore. I remember. And I said, I don't trust Lamar Jackson and his accuracy. He's completing 70% of his passes. He's he's arguably in the conversation for the MVP of the league. Yes. Um, their defense is tremendous. I love their head coach, John Harbaugh. I think he's one of the best evaluators of talent there is. Um, because in this league, from the top to the bottom, the talent difference isn't that great. John Harbaugh finds those guys that he can get, uh, those gems that just fit his system. Um, so, yeah, I, I made this game a lot higher. I made made Baltimore 10. I love the Ravens on Thursday night. Okay, very good. All right. Well, let's talk about NBA a little bit. We have a in-season tournament going on right here, and the championship will be here in Las Vegas. NBA is really tough right now to bet on. This early, um, still trying to figure out the load management with certain players. But as long as you stay up on it and you know who's playing, I think you can win. Anything you are looking at to start this um, play-in tournament? NBA was the first sport I ever handicapped my own that I made power ratings on and uh, handicapped the league. And I loved it. But NBA is a uh, schedule league that you have to follow the schedule. And that's all it's about, the travel and rest and motivation those are so much more important than the power ratings and knowing what the line should be and, and having differences so you got to pay attention but i love this in-season tournament and i haven't handicapped the nba really closely for years until this year because of the in-season tournament there's there's incentives there there's money i haven't been able to find out what the allocations are and how much these players are going to make but if they get out of the first round and they get into the knockout round, they start to earn a paycheck. It's more money than they're making, and the further they go, the more money they make. I love those type of incentives. I also love round robins where, where the teams are playing in a round robin in a uh, uh, group of four. Okay. Because there'll be a point where games may not mean something. If you win your first three and you've already clinched a spot in the knockout round, and now you're playing against a team who needs a win, that motivation is so big because you could get teams resting players at that point. So we don't do that much here in the States. They do it a lot overseas um, for soccer. They run these same type of tournaments where they have groups and those groups move on to a knockout round, which that's what we're used to. We're used to, you know, those uh, a tournament uh, setup. But um, so I love it. I think it's going to be great. I mean, the one team I bet is the Lakers. I took the Lakers at 20 to one to okay. win this. I thought they could get through because I'm also thinking LeBron James, uh, he will play hard for this. To win and be a champion at no matter what, if it's in season or end of the season, LeBron wants to be there. And I think LeBron would love to be the first champion ever of this tournament. And with the final four being in Vegas, they're going to get a lot of Laker fans. Ryan, you um, you like NBA a lot. Do you have any any thoughts on this tournament? 
no, after Friday's uh, beat, I'm I'm sticking off NBA. Tell tell my dad what happened to you Friday. No, oh, I so, saw the replay. Yeah, yeah, the Sixers. And then last night there was a uh, the team total with the Wizards was 109, something like that. They had 106 with seven minutes to go. They scored one point the rest of the game. Wow. Stayed yeah, that's, under. That's a really bad beat. That's that's super bad beat. Yeah. But we do. Um, I, I can't bet. I, myself, Frank, me, I and feel Ryan. The pain. Yeah. Yeah. Myself, Frank, and Ryan, we put together a parlay every Friday. It's called the Farlay. Frank, Alex, and right. Ryan. So that started us off Friday. But don't worry. I had Houston minus two on it. So I would have lost it anyways. But okay, great. So you like the Lakers. I do have one question about NBA before we move on to our plays of the day. Um, the Clippers struggling. Lost five in a row with James Harden. But you have always told me. It's going to take some time for them to get their continuity together. Are you maybe looking at the Clippers at any futures? Because it's probably a great time to buy in on them, right? Well, it's a good. Yeah, you're you're right. Uh, it it takes time for these guys, and you know some teams it takes longer. Look at uh, Kyrie and and Doncic for Dallas last year. They didn't have that continuity, and a lot of people doubted they would have it this year. But um, they have come together, and they're they're playing very well. Um, Harden was an upgrade to this basketball team. I, th- I think they're they're really solid basketball team. I worry about injuries to to Kawhi and right. George. Neither guy has been really healthy for years. Um, kind of stalling to pull my power ratings up to give you the latest you know edition of of what I what I have these teams rated out as. Um, but yeah, I I do have them one of the higher rated teams in the NBA. But again, how long will it take? Uh, looking at my ratings right now, um, I have the Celtics, uh, the best team in the NBA, by three and a half points over Dallas. Okay. And then uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, I have up there with the, with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Now, the Clippers, I have six points behind the Celtics, but I have four points off right now because of the continuity isn't okay. there. Um, I could actually make an argument and say the best team in the West is the Clippers. Well, they face the Nuggets tonight, which is a very – very tough matchup for them going into this tournament. Well, they so, uh, that's I'm glad you said that. I have Denver a 105, but that's three points off because no Jamal Murray. Okay. So they're a 108 rated team. So Boston and Denver are my two highest rated teams. I always got to look. Injuries are so important in the sport, but um, Boston and then Denver and then the Clippers. How are you doing so far? Because I know it's been a lot. College basketball has started now too. You're st- you know, as you're talking, you got to keep up with every sport, every player. How is that going for you so far this Sports year? Sports betting is always a roller coaster ride, <laughs> and the last four weeks have been a bad roller coaster ride for me. Um, I, I don't know if it's because of so many sports coming together at the same time, but boy, last week in college football was my worst of the season so far. After I think I had eight straight winning weeks in college football, and then the last two have been losers. Um, I hope things have turned around. Uh, NBA, I haven't bet a lot of NBA. I'm just betting this in-season tournament. Um, again, you really have to study the travel. Hockey's been very good the last couple of days. Um, is a good sport. But college basketball has been a little, for me, inconsistent. There's been more scoring in college basketball than I've ever seen before. There are really a lot of high-scoring games. I'm probably going to say it's about 60% overs right now. I'm an under player, so it's been a little tough to start in the college basketball, but I know that's going to turn around. Well, and when you say a losing week, sometimes that's like three and four. And you had a little cushion with your college football, so. Yeah, college, well, 
It was, it was, it was worse than three and four in the last four weeks. That's for sure. But you know what? That's, that's what sports betting is. You know, it's going to happen and you just got to manage your money to be able to continue when you, when you're going bad. And I've, I've said this, my three biggest days of this year winning wise have all come after three of my biggest losing days. So sometimes you have a really bad day and don't want to get up the next day and because you lost so much. But if you don't do the work and make the bets the next day, you may have lost out on a really big day. So um, that's the thing. you got to stay consistent. You have to have a process. And, you know, I like to bet early. So most of my bets are already in for tomorrow already, where most people are just handicapping today's games. Right. I want to be well ahead of everybody else. So kind of what I asked Sammy P, you've already bet college football for this week, kind of guessing which quarterbacks are playing and which aren't playing right and getting the best number quite, quite anybody that's questionable i think they're playing okay so i'm making my bets accordingly that if they're questionable they're playing if they're doubtful i i take them out and then you know some games i just, the quarterback value may be so big that i just pass that game and i don't bet it and i wait till i find out uh, the correct information on that but you're right it's sunday when the numbers came out um i was already on the app i go to the bottom of the app and i start on the bottom to go up because most people are starting on the top to go down. Um, and I hit I hit them about uh, three quarters of the way through where, where it starts saying that line is moved, that line is moved, and I don't get the best of the number anymore. But, yeah, I've already uh, bet hockey for tomorrow. I've already bet NBA for tomorrow. Uh, and I've already bet, you know, my group is betting college basketball as soon as the numbers go up. You've always told me that. We're going to take one more quick break here. Then when we come back, we're going to dive into our plays that we like for tonight. For Kenny White, I'm Alex White. This is Punchlines. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas's top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 1230, our very own free comedy show. Every Friday night at 1230 a.m. in the Grand View Lounge, The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grand View Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza.
There we go. It's the last segment here on Punchlines. I'm Alex White filling in for Frank Nicotero. I appreciate him letting me sit in his seat for the next three days. I hope he's enjoying New Orleans. Kenny White next to me. Um, we're going to get into our plays for the night because we do have some college football on the board. We got some Mac action. But first, we're going to start with hockey. That's kind of where we ended the last segment. So I do have one play in hockey, but I'm going to let you start it off. Well, good. I'm glad you're not giving it because I want to. <laughs> Billy Gardell was on the other day. I I've had dinner with Billy. I've met Billy. Um, I've, I've texted Billy and we've talked before. Um, my mom's good friends. Your grandmother's good friends with Billy. And when I saw him on the show, the other day, I was like, oh, that, that, that figures, you know, two Pittsburgh guys. Um, and I, I thought, you know what? I talked to Billy about a sports betting show with a comedian three or four years ago when I published my first college me- football magazine. And I, and I went over and met him at Green Valley Ranch and I gave him some magazines, him and his crew. He had his whole crew there, like 10 guys. And we went to dinner that night and he's like, you know, I could give you some other names because he was just way too busy. You know, he's doing his show. And, uh, but he goes, I love the concept that of a comedian doing a sports betting show. And here we have it in Las Vegas with Frank. Do you think he was thinking Frank? They What's are that? good friends. He was probably thinking of Frank to give you the name. He may have. He so may have. I you never, guys manifested yeah, this. No, I was, uh, we, we were doing our shows and our, our podcasts, and, right. you know, at, at that time and trying to build Kenny White Sports up. And, uh, but that was a show I had in mind was, it was a comedian uh, on the set because it, it makes things, it's much more fun to be funny and, and have some great information. And he does a great job. I mean, he, he's a little biased towards Pittsburgh, I have to say. Oh, no, no. We, <laughs> there's too much Pittsburgh bias in this place. We got to get a little West Coast biased here. Yes, yes. Okay, let's start with your hockey picks for tonight. One, one big injury people got to look for, Tampa Bay. Nikita Kucherov missed their last game for Tampa. They lose four to nothing to, to Carolina. They're on the road at St. Louis tonight. If he doesn't play, big difference in the game. I already have the Blues a small favorite with him in the lineup. Um, so you can get plus a dollar, dollar ten on the Blues tonight. I like that situation with them at home. Um, Anaheim has played really well on the road. Uh, they're on a four-game winning streak. I think that's a, a good spot at Nashville. I also like that game under six goals. Uh, two teams that play pretty good defense, Nashville, especially at home with Saros and goal. Um, another one I kind of been picking on for a little bit is, is the Winnipeg Jets at home. They, they've struggled even with a great goalie like Connor Hellebuck. Uh, they struggle. I like New Jersey's team speed. They are one of the fastest teams in the NHL. So I like the devils tonight in Winnipeg. So I circled the devils right away because you are getting plus money with them. I went and checked. We still don't have Jack Hughes back just yet. I think he's good to play on Thursday, but when I'm like looking up the devils, there's all these articles talking about their young team and their speed and how they are the top um, young talent coming up. So I agree with you. I, a little bit fade on Winnipeg there, but I do like it. I also circled the Vegas Golden Knights and the under in that game, under six. I think it should be more like five and a half. The Caps are like 10 and three. Let me find that exact number. 10 and three to the under this year. And while they are playing better, they haven't beaten anyone really. So Knights go into Washington, I think, get that win. So I kind of like those together. New coach, new system, and Washington has had a lot of injuries this year. They have. I did. I, I, Bet the Knights in this game yesterday led a dollar forty-five. It's still out there. Yeah, I mean, I like to get the best of the number. Sometimes I don't really care if I do or not, as long as I win the game. But anybody can bet that one right now. I think the Knights are a very good play tonight. 
I made that a dollar ninety nine have a fifty four uh, cent difference. That's almost about a seven and a half percent edge. With NHL, though, you are looking for some value with some dogs getting plus money. Is that correct? And kind of like with MLB as well. You know, that's a lot of playoff stuff that I look for. We call hockey dogs. We call them baseball dogs in the playoffs. But uh, um, regular season, you know, I'm always trying to look for the underdog and the under. They hit more than the favorite and over. So you actually have a built-in, you know, 2% edge by betting dogs and unders. Any college football action for you tonight? Well, that's a great question. Um, we got <laughs> action tonight. You're right. Uh, um, you know, and it's something that you really got to pay attention to of, of who needs these games. Uh, there are three teams playing tonight that have four wins. Eastern Michigan, very well-coached football team, uh, short number at home. Um, they get two more wins. They could go to a bowl game. Western Michigan plays Northern Illinois tonight. Both have four wins. Uh, so that's going to be a big game between those two. I like Northern Illinois. That line has come down uh, five. I see some fours out there. There is a four here at the South Point. Uh, you can lay four on Northern Illinois. The other one, Toledo and Bowling Green, would, you know, that should be a fun game to watch. Toledo's offense is outstanding. I think they scored their first five drives last week, and uh, they are the best team in the MAC. Yes, they are. Um, favorite in that conference. And then we have two more we will take a look at tomorrow. Well, it's been fun. I think we should do it again tomorrow, maybe Thursday. Yeah, we should do it maybe Wednesday <laughs> and Thursday this week. Frank's in, uh, having a great time. with. Uh, I love Street Smarts, too. Frank's got a great gig. I, I mean, I've always talked about that. Street Smarts are very, very important, and he's running the show. Yes, we're excited to hear from him. We'll have to touch base with him. We'll get him on the show tomorrow or Thursday. This is Punchlines. Thank you so much for watching. Please make sure to like and subscribe. We are trying to get to 700 now. I believe. Um, Kenny White, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Alex White. We are live here at the South Point Casino. We will see you all tomorrow.